Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea. He's right ah, here. Ha, ha, ha. And running the boards is Joey D's. Hey. Hi. On today's show, we will talk TV with BJ and Joe. Whoa. We will talk movies with BJ. I will talk some video game news with Gareth Von Kallenbach. And of course, we'll get the geek sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. Or just search for BJ Shakes Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Yeah. So many ways to get a hold of us. And if you can't spell Odyssey, because we do spell it differently, A-U-D-A-C-Y. That's the app, and that's all the fun things. And uh, you can get our podcast and actually a lot more. It's worth picking up. And it is free. Free. Which free. is really good. Um, wow. Let's get right into it with our good friend, Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach. Von Kallenbach! Thank you, BJ, because we do have some news about movies and video games. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins us from Skewed and Reviewed. SKNR.net is where you can find that. And let's talk some video games, including the much-anticipated Far Cry 6. Well, it finally made it out, and that's a good thing, because there's so much to the game, and there's so much more coming. This is definitely going to be one that people are going to be uh, playing for quite some time once they get into it. And, uh, you know, to give you an idea, I it played through it, completed it, and it gave, it gave me, when I was done, uh, about 24 hours is what it said of gameplay that I had uh, put into it. Wow. And so that gives you an idea just how vast the island is. And that doesn't include, there are still tons of customizations and vehicles that I could access. There are still some side missions I can do. When you complete it, it gives you uh, an event. So each week they have kind of like a zone will be taken over with a prime target. So you can go and do that to keep yourself busy. Uh, there's a co-op mode to it. I didn't, get into it and play it, but I am anxious to see how that will uh, work out. And then, of course, you'll have DLC coming down the line. So there's a lot of stuff to it. And, uh, you know, of course, there's also the crafting. I always have the option to make some new weapons or really upgrade or try out some new vehicles down the line. So, you know, lots of stuff to it. Damn, that's awesome. And I know that this was uh, very, very in, uh, intriguing in terms of they had some really good voice actors that are going along with this. And it seems I've seen a bunch of reviews that it seems to kind of connect all of them together, or at least in some sort of way. So at that point, at least it's uh, it's going to keep along the same lines of familiarity for some of the players out there. Yeah, what they did mainly was this is everything from the game standpoint is is new in that it's a new adventure new character so on and so forth what they're going to be doing is they have some dlc coming that will let you play as characters such as the villain from three the villain from four and the villain from five and kind of like these challenge modes and stuff like that now it like the series, there doesn't, there isn't a direct connection between the stories and the characters. But what they do keep is that you have the open world with all the wildlife in it that can attack you. You have the foraging, you have the crafting, you have the creativity in terms of, am I going to walk there? Am I going to ride a horse? Am I going to take a vehicle? Am I going to fly there? Uh, control points to capture, that, that sort of thing. And of course, characters that you need to bring into your cause. But what, 
they did that I think was really clever was that some people are a little, okay, I'm not sure about this crafting setup. I preferred how they did it because I don't like to have to spend a lot of time tinkering. I like the fact <laughs> that they said, here are some weapons. These are going to be good enough to get you through the game. You can change them up as you go along. But if you really want to have some fun, you're going to have the ability to play around and really tweak these things out. They added in like uh, animals. There's this one um, crocodile named Guapo, and he uh, he will if you want him to come along, he will come along. He'll attack people. There's a little uh, dog on a scooter named Chorizo. There's a uh, another dog you get later. There are other animals and you can choose to have them come along or not. And it's kind of interesting. It's not like they're forced upon you. It's not like you have to go and do certain things. There are several missions I ran on my own, but the beauty of it is open world in that you can pick the order in which you do things. And some people are going to have a bit of an issue with this because there were times where I was plugging away and I felt, okay, this is it. I'm really getting down to the meat and bones of the story. And then all of a sudden I'm off on a mission defacing billboards or protecting a group uh, at a concert or going off into a town <laughs> for a night of drinking with someone. And you're like, okay, this doesn't seem to really push the whole narrative of the story. But what it does is it expands on the backstory and gives you better context for what you're doing and what comes later. And so when certain things happen, they make more sense and they hit with a better impact. That's and awesome. so, you know, that's awesome. Just in, on, on the story level wise, that's pretty amazing. Um, moving on from that, we've got some Call of Duty news. Absolutely. So we have a brand new Call of Duty season six that dropped the other day. Oh, yeah. And of course, uh, this should be the last update uh, set before Vanguard comes out in November. So what you're going to get now, it's important to remember, like most of the seasons, the Entire stuff does not drop in one day. You get some stuff at launch, like a couple of new weapons that are available in the store, that sort of thing. As the time goes on, there's going to be a new zombie map. There will be a new event. There will be three new multiplayer maps coming in, new content for Warzone, that sort of thing. So that's, and of course, you have a new operator that uh, players can play, but with Alex Mason this time around, you know, popular character from the uh black ops storyline so that is basically what people are looking at it's it's them saying we still have another chapter of the zombie episodes to wrap up we've got to have some seasonal stuff for you we have new multiplayer maps coming and of course if you're playing warzone you're going to get new content as well and it's uh, you know essentially a grand send-off to the game that's a good way to send it off too <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, a new zombie episode is never a bad idea right. because we're at that time of year and there's a lot of zombie content coming uh, down the line, you know, back for bloods coming next week, that sort of thing. So it's, it's going to be a good time to just load up and take out as many bad guys as you can. <laughs> Perfect. And then moving on from video games to movies, but on the so uh, small screen, Amazon seems to be making uh, some movie, uh, some movies, has <laughs> some moves in the movie industry. Yeah, this has uh, been talked about for a while, and it finally was validated the other day that there is what is being billed as the final installment of the Hotel Transylvania film series. Adam Sandler's not going to be taking part in this one, and I you know, kind of wonder if that's oh. part of what was behind this. Uh, Amazon has apparently opened up the checkbook, 
and basically acquired the film to make it a streaming only versus theatrical release. Wow. And I mean, they've been doing that a lot. I mean, obviously because of the pandemic and stuff, but a lot of movies are uh, opening up again. Um, but along the lines of like family friendly stuff, it seems uh, kind of to be a good idea with that, especially when the kids are going to want to watch it over and over and over and over and over again. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it, it, it's such an interesting debate because without going into the larger picture, there have been a couple of films that have opened recently overseas that did very well. Venom, which we talked about last week, had a very large opening in the U.S. We've got, you know, James Bond opening this weekend. We've got Dune coming. Those films, as I said, are doing very well overseas. So now the whole industry is kind of going, well, wait a second. <laughs> you know, are things slowly getting back to where they supposedly we hope them to be? Are they ahead of schedule or is this just a blip and that, you know, we're going to all of a sudden see films come out that are not meeting expectations at the box office. I mean, after this next wave, the Eternals is the next thing that we're really going to have a look at it and say, how well is the box office? And so there's still that, you know, okay, are other waves coming? Are things going to improve? Are people going to feel comfortable going back? And I think what you're seeing with this is a case of they're hedging their bets saying, People may be comfortable going back on their own, but they may not be comfortable taking the kids and the whole family. Oh, so okay. perhaps it's a better idea going. And then, of course, let's look at the fact. Are people going to say, oh, boy, no Adam Sandler. Maybe maybe I'm going to sit back. I mean, Adam's Family 2 came out this weekend, uh, last weekend. Didn't exactly light the world on fire. At the same time, Venom was racking them in. So, you know, you can see the mixed message. It's you need an event level film or something of high interest to get people in the theater and something like this, even though the series has been phenomenally successful, you could see, you know, you could see the, the mentality going, yeah, maybe we need to hedge our bets. Cause you know, let's be honest, this whole plan was probably put in place a couple of months ago is when wheels started turning on this. We heard about the, this possibility weeks ago and, you know, we're right back. We've been talking about this the whole time. You know, what what exactly is going to happen? Streaming, pay-per-view. We had the whole Black Widow lawsuit that got yeah. settled recently. And so now you're starting to see people going, yeah, I think we're going to hold off on this, you know, pay-per-view thing. And we're going to just stick them in the theaters and take the chances. Yeah, and I mean, at this point in time, we kind of kind of figure it all out, and I mean, you do what is safe for you. I think the best part about the theaters at this point in time is like almost all of them have reserved seatings, so you can check it out beforehand if it's something you're not totally comfortable with. And I mean, other than just like munching on popcorn or something, you can just keep your mask on and keep yourself as safe as you want to be. Exactly, and remember, we also have these smaller windows now because despite all the controversy black widow is coming out this weekend free on disney plus and on the 12th of uh oh, yeah. next month shang chi and jungle cruise right there free of charge as well so you can see it's you know they're they're basically saying we're going to stay clear from this uh you know paid video on demand thing so it's in the theater, or you can wait. Uh, I mean, we talked about Peacock, where they're they're still going to roll the dice and say Halloween kills theaters and Peacock at, at the same time. But that may be, you know, less and less down the line. So 
It'll be interesting. Absolutely. Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Review. That, again, is SKNR.net. You can get all sorts of news about TV, comic books, movies, video games, all of it right there, again, at SKNR.net. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Thank you so much, Gareth. And uh, another person who has uh, gone out and seen a movie, because I saw the picture on his social media, BJ, you went to the theaters and you saw Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Yay! Let There Be Carnage. Now, or, or Carnage, Carnage, if you're fancy. If you're yeah, fancy. We, uh, uh, I got some fancy friends, and it really isn't that difficult to rent your own movie theater, because uh, yeah. you know if you go at the right time with the fact that... Not everybody's going to the theaters like they used to. We got our own joint again, and it was fantastic. I want to thank nice. my buddy Spencer, my buddy Josh. Uh, those guys spearheaded the campaign, and so we got to sit in our own theater and watch Venom. Did you do that through AMC? Because I know they're yes. the ones. Yeah, so they're the ones I know that different pricing, and uh, but it's not that expensive, and you can get a couple people to go in on it, and it's going to be in, in you know the, about the same price as a regular ticket, and it's just going to people be people you know. So if somebody uh, makes noise and that you don't feel bad about yelling at him. And you own the joint. Seriously. I mean, 40 people in a, 40 people in a big movie theater is pretty amazing. Wow, that is super you, cool. You know, you have your you, everyone has the best seat in the house pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can sit anywhere. You can get up and go around, do whatever you want. So, so yeah, I did that with Venom. Yeah, and, baby. And so how was it? Without Venom spoilers, was, no spoilers yeah, on this it, one. I, I'm not a huge Venom fan, mm -hmm. uh, especially you know what they've done with Venom, you know, in the in the Sony universe. Yeah, because uh, it's very you know it's very different, obviously, than what we have read in the books. Yes, and but still, you know what? They're fun movies. Uh, Tom Hardy is uh, is definitely a, uh, I love the dude. He's a good actor. Uh, Shin's on forever uh, for you Star Trek fans. Uh, yes, so um, so yeah, I would say if you like the first one, you're going to like the second one. I will tell you this. I, I think for a lot of us, uh, the uh, the credit scene, there's just one credit scene, okay. uh, and that scene's pretty amazing, and you're going to love that, and make sure you watch that. If okay. You, and hopefully you can watch it without it being spoiled, but people were pretty much like hooting and hollering like, woo! But yeah, it was Venom, and uh, you know, there's Carnage, and Woody Harrelson is definitely a good Carnage, and uh, Venom is Venom, and hey, guess what? They they don't like each other. Shocking. I heard I heard that Woody Harrelson kind of hams it up in this one. He does. Okay. I feel like you have to. I, that exactly. That's what I was kind of hoping for. I don't. I'm not looking for like an Oscar worthy lauded performance. I kind of want. A little bit of cheesiness with this, because even with the first Venom, which it took me until, gosh, I think it was on Stars for me to watch it, and uh, I was happy to have seen it because I like what they did with the character, and you're not wrong. It is different fundamentally from the, uh, from the comic books, but also it keeps the same vibe of the character. So, and I mean, it's funny because I just remember how polarizing Carnage was when he first came out in the comic books because Venom has that fun anti-hero sort of vibe to him where Carnage is just his namesake. It's just yeah. completely, oh, yeah. completely just nuts on that end. Yeah. So, you know, I think you'll enjoy it. Of course, again, uh, you know, the origin story is not going to be what you remember, but that's mm -hmm. again, you know, they, they're, they're doing with this. This is what they do with movies and all that. They're going to just have their own way to keep it a, its own universe, if you will. And, uh, that's, uh, that's what they're doing, but still, you know, it's a fun movie. I mean, if you, if you like the first one, you should have no problem with the second one. And uh, like I said, the post credit scene, the, it will be like, whoa, hey, wow. All or right, in the, middle, the in the middle credit scene, I suppose I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, 
it's uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed if you like the first one. Nice. Now, moving on from that, something that Joe talked about previously, and I was hoping to get your thoughts on this as well, BJ, because you're super excited about it. But the foundation is on Apple TV Plus, and a couple of episodes are out because they're doing the weekly thing. Yeah. And so at this point, how are you feeling about it? Honestly, I can't compare it to the book because it's been so long. Okay. Well, that yeah, makes and, sense. And, and I know they've made changes, but it's been so long that I am not attached to whatever changes they made. I remember I enjoyed the book so much. It was quite epic. Uh, and this series is definitely, it looks epic. And a lot of folks are, you know, making the Game of Thrones and space comparisons. Um I know that Joey came over and we he'd watched the first two episodes and I thought he'd he'd watch the third episode. The fourth one has come out, but uh, you know we're not going to talk about that just Mm -hmm. yet because Mm -hmm. it's like just fresh. Um, But the mathematician's ghost was episode three, but I didn't know he watched it. And he goes, "So how about the way that episode ended?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man, blah blah." He's looking at me in the face. I'm like. Wait a minute, what are you talking about? And I go, oh, you're talking about the end of episode two. Yeah, that was epic as well. Um, and, uh, you know, and Joey's like, yeah, can you believe that that happened? And I go, yeah, but you realize that when episode three hits, it doesn't matter if that happened or not because, well, episode three completely flips the script anyway. Wow. Not happy. Oh, yeah. Joe's not happy. Oh, no. He was all over. in. He was talking about how beautiful the show is, how he's liking where it's going, and now he's he's shaking his head. I had heard rumbles that this show gets slow. Slow is not even a way to describe it. I've never had such a jarring switch of gears between two episodes, and that's not oh. to say it was bad. It's just that... They leave you on a huge cliffhanger at the end of episode two, and they don't even address it a single second in episode three. Not a single second. Well, well, the galaxy is vast, and many things are happening. They they do address (laughs) it, but really, you wouldn't even know it. And I know what Joey's talking about. They subtly address it, and... um, you know, it's an interesting thing. Uh, and, and, of course, if you don't know what we're talking about, uh, Foundation's the story, basically, of a mathematician uh, of this great human empire who, for thousands of years, have been controlling the uh, the, the universe. They've got, I mean, uh, humanity's done a great job. They've reached out to the stars, inhabited a lot of planets, and have, and we are, we are in power, no doubt about it. I assume their origins are from Earth, the way, that, because they call it humanity, mm-hmm. e- even within the story. Um, but then this mathematician predicts, Hey, guess what? I know we've been going for thousands and thousands of years, but you know what? I've got, I've done the math. We're going to fall. We're going to have a big problem. Uh, the, the entire empire is going to crush. Uh, it's going to, it's going to crash and fall. Uh, and then literally that happens because there's a gigantic with a space elevator, space gate. I don't know what they call it, (laughs) a bridge, but it goes from the planet to this cool floating space stationy thing. And, uh, yeah, that gets, that gets, uh, terrorized and sabotaged. So right after uh, this dude, Harry Seldon, says it, well, you see the beginnings of the crumbling of the empire, uh, and they got the, and they have this clone uh, leader, uh, like this emperor, but he's three different versions of himself. There's always an old one hanging around, a middle-aged one hanging around, then a little kid, uh, and they, and so that they always preserve that the same dude's running things. Uh, and so uh, you, you get to see that sort of dynamic, like, all right, it's always the same leader, I guess. And um, so, yeah, they leave it on the cliffhanger where the mathematician guy basically was going to get to go to this exiled planet. He was going to be killed, but they said, no, we're not going to kill him. Go to an exiled planet, figure it out. And maybe you're right about your math, even though you're speaking sacrilege. Uh, But then he gets assassinated 
And that's the end of the episode two. And you go, oh, my God, the guy that's the mathematician gets assassinated. And like Joey said, then we begin episode three, basically uh, hundreds of years in the future. Uh, and, And so but you do see a statue of the mathematician almost and he's almost revered as a godlike person. So that's what they basically his death sort of made him a mystical, almost Jesus-like being, if you ask me. So, correct me if I'm wrong. It's only supposed to be 34 years in the future, I believe. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, um, ah, okay. Yeah, I, uh, they, they showed us uh, hundreds of years in the past. That's, what, that's where I got confused. And, yes. And that's yeah, the you're thing. Right. And to, to specify, the three main characters in the first two episodes are not in the third episode at all. Not at all. At all. And, and that's One is a narrator. <laughs> yeah, she's a narrator. I'm, I think we're going to find out she's somebody, Joe. We, we just don't know. We haven't seen her yet, but she's going to be 34 years older. But she's got to be a somebody in that in that place. We just don't know who she is yet. I, I hope, but that's the thing. Like they they the first. So here's the thing: the three main characters, right? Mm-hmm. Spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen that uh, series, because this will spoil a lot of it. One of them kills the other one, and then space is the last one in the episode two. Space. Space yeah. them, ships them right off the airlock in the escape pod. These wow. are supposed to be like the okay. three characters wow. who are supposed to preserve humanity. And then in the third episode, you're like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's figure out what happens. And they do nothing. And it's the slowest episode of all time where you're introduced to a new character and you're sitting there and you're like, what happened to the three main leads that well, you left off on? Well, they're building up a, suspense, man. Here's the problem. It's not a new character, but we met her very briefly in the first episode. Yeah, we just didn't realize she was as important as she is. This is the you're third right. episode, though. You can't uh, establish three main characters and then have the th- hey, cliffhanger well, on the end. Listen, George R.R. R. Martin, we <laughs> well, can do whatever we thing. want. I was I was going to argue about the uh, the whole thing with uh, uh, with uh, Game of Thrones, but like they really stuck with the Stark family for the first season. It's yeah, but we they lost got Ned. you in with that. Yeah, but what about Ned? When did we lose Ned? At Not till the, the first season. Yeah, the season episode. one finale yeah. was yeah. the big one because that's well, when they uh, wanted to slow roll uh, Sean it's Bean. It's a whole new time. It's a whole new time, <laughs> my friend. We 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 don't wait a whole season to get rid of the big people. <laughs> and here's the thing: if I take the third episode and throw it into a vacuum and say, "How was the episode just away from the rest of the show?" It'd be fine. It's not like it was a terrible episode. It's very world building esque. But okay. the problem is, is you can't cliffhanger with the murder <laughs> of an important character in the second episode, and then be like, "What if we just tell them nothing, and we'll build yeah. the world?" And you're like, "Why would you do that?" Yeah, Joey is right. It is. I mean, it, it is a. It's an interesting plot choice to to do that. He's right because you 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 build up an affinity for these characters, and then they're gone. He's absolutely right. Um, the only the the only thing, and even frankly. The characters that we knew from like the, the the clone leader, they're gone too because it's 34 years in the future, even though it's this Lee Pace playing the same role, but he plays the role not of the guy we first saw him playing. He's now a new guy who's basically the same that. clone. I'm out. I can't handle that. I know. It's just, I mean, it's I'm getting it. I'm following it. It actually is quite fascinating, and I'm they got me hooked with that. But when you realize, wait, oh, wait, I, it took me a while in the episode to go, wait. He seems nicer in this one. Oh, he's the little kid grown up. He's not the a-hole that attacked all the planets. He's now the old guy, but he's not the super old guy because now there's a super old guy. So what you're saying is you have to absolutely pay attention when you're watching Oh, yeah. Well, just like with Game of Thrones, you you had to pay attention because who the hell's that guy? It literally took us three seasons of Game of Thrones to get start to get names right. Exactly. So, yeah, okay. So it's it's a big brain show, and I get it, too, because I literally it's based off of math. Yeah, I'm just hoping that... 
that they pick up the pace a little bit and they tie it back together because the beauty of Game of Thrones was the weaving of the stories. Yeah. And yeah, that was yeah. what kept that show good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you keep, this is the third episode and they already lost me once. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, God. And we're we talking. Some time. Yeah. Yeah. And the good news is, is if you don't have Apple TV Plus, I'm sure Apple will sell you the show at some point when the season's over so you can oh, watch yeah, the foundation. I don't doubt that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and definitely, foundation is, uh, it is a really, really amazing book from Asimov. It's beautifully done. Uh, yeah, the jump between episode two and three will be jarring, <laughs> that's for sure. All right, well, moving on from that quickly, uh, give us a little bit of update on The Walking Dead, because isn't the season finale, com- or the mid-season finale coming yeah, up? Yeah, and you know, it's a little weird, because some people have already seen it. If you have AMC+, Plus, you've already seen it. So, oh, wow, okay, yeah, okay. And yeah. I don't have AMC+, Plus, so I actually have to wait till. You know, obviously, uh, this Sunday, I have to wait a couple of days uh, before I see it. But yeah, it's all uh, it's all winding down as um, I mean, we saw a real creepy Halloweenish episode, uh, basically a house of cavemen cannibals uh, that one of the characters who we thought we lost. Uh, but when it turns out, she's just been on her own for a little bit. And she's the character that that is deaf and, and, uh, and also can't speak. So, um, and if you remember, she's also part, uh, she was also in the group that had the slingshot girl and also had, uh, oh, I I forget his name. Uh, yeah, well, he was in, he, he was in dodgeball and I can't remember his name. Uh, that actor who's a really uh, sort of a pudgy guy, but he's, uh, Steven Root. No, the younger dude that's new on the walking dead, part of a new group. I thought you knew who that was. No, 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 I don't know. Offhand. Uh, Sorry. But I forget the actor's name. He has, but I haven't seen him in a long time, so I don't even know what's happened to him. Uh, but Maggie, the, the 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 relationship between Maggie and Negan is getting very interesting. Um, it, it really is fascinating. They've had some heart to heart. He's t- he. This episode, they taught Maggie how to be a whisperer because Negan realized in order for us to sneak in and get some stuff done with the whole Pope people, we are going to have to. They start using the whisperer tactics, and they're starting to get their own herd of zombies. So oh. Negan learned some things from the Whisperers, and now they're whisperizing their enemies a little bit, and that's where we're supposedly going to see a big battle in the uh, mid-season finale, which is leading us to the series finale, which will happen next year sometime. Yeah, yeah, and they'll usually they usually put those out uh, for their last little bits in February, depending on how you know taping goes and if there's any delays. Uh, as of this point, like, like who knows? Um, but usually they go about for February, so uh, it is, it'll be interesting. It is good. I, I will say Jeffrey Dean Morgan is doing a tremendous Tremendous job. Great conversation with him and Maggie because the elephant in the room, of course, is what he did to her man uh, and, you know, Glenn's death. But fine. But they don't really ever bring it up. But eventually there was a question asked and Negan's answer was wild. I have to say, you know, uh, and, and yet at the same time, it was the perfect answer. And that in itself, I think if you just imagine that she's got to work with the dude that violently killed the love of her life and mm-hmm. the and the father of her child. She needs him and needs to work with him in order to do an important mission to save Alexandria and everything else. And he genuinely wants to help them. So this is, I mean, it's amazing. And you know, and and also Jeffrey Dean Morgan does a great job. You can see the pain of him realizing, I know I did a horrible thing to you. I am not that person anymore. Oh, my God. I wish that there was some way that 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 wasn't the way it was. 
But then she asks a question, and his answer is well worth the entire episode. Wow. Okay, yeah. man, you keep on hyping it back. Oh, yeah, I'll get back into it. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, dude, I mean, yeah, Negan, Negan, and Maggie are worth it, man. I mean, it, it doesn't even matter what's going on, and there's some great stuff going on with the rest of it. <laughs> I mean, oh, the idea of the Commonwealth, and we're seeing what yeah. that world is like, is really, really done well. The Pope is off his damn rocker. Wait, the and, Pope? Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, know the, anything about the Pope. Oh, the Pope is a crazy guy that Daryl has run into because of some old girlfriend sort of thing that he had going on in the six years since, of course, you know, Rick left. And now that's come home to, you know, roost in a really horrific way. Wow. And, uh, yeah, the, so we've got the Pope. We've got the Reapers, they call them, which uh, I think was the the, 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 the the creatures that were in this house that was this horrific sort of like cannibal wow. caveman-looking people. Uh, and, and of course, we got the Commonwealth. It is all. I mean, they're, they're, it's almost like a bunch of governors. It's a oh, bunch of governors, oh, everybody. Uh, wow. And a bunch of Negans all in one season. <laughs> wow. Well... <laughs> Damn. Well, while I process that, it's now time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? Well, it is Friday. I'm going to guess movies? Movies. Nice. Uh, there's actually quite a few movies out today. Most of them I've never heard of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how many of them are horror? Quite a few. Uh, (laughs) Tis the season. But the big one that has been postponed and postponed and postponed that is finally out, No Time to Die. Oh, yeah. James Bond. And this is Daniel Craig's last Mm -hmm. run as uh, Mr. Bond. The last hurrah. Yeah. And it's been one of those, like, they've been waiting... Because of COVID, they didn't want to just release it like on an mm-hmm. HBO Max or anything like that. And it's cost them quite a bit of money from what I've can, like read and understood. But uh, it's not doing so bad in the tomato meter. 84% certified fresh for the t- tomato meter and audience score 89. Wow. So, yeah. Which is pretty, pretty good. Especially Joey for- D's and I are going to make a plan. We're going to make a plan to see it. Yeah. You guys will have time to watch it then. Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) We got to go see it. It's got Mr. Robot in it. Oh, Oh, that's right. Rami Malek, Mm -hmm. who some people may also know as Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) So how do you guys feel in general about James Bond movies? Uh, I don't care about them. Like, I I don't know if I've actually watched one all the way through. It's just one that it's just something that I've never really been interested in, and I can't explain why because I I like the spy genre. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it never held any interest for me. Joe, I like him. Like, do you, could you tell him apart? Because honestly, I've seen a few, and I don't know which is which. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's only one of the Daniel Craig movies I didn't like, and I want to say it was the. Th- Third one, okay, because that's the one where they go to the desert and things kind of go off the rails. Oh, yeah, was that the one before the? Oh, was that the yeah. one before the last? Oh, I can't remember. Now, before the last I, two, now I don't feel. Uh, so was it Quantum of Solace? I believe that's the one. Yeah. Okay, there's the one where they Skyfall. Skyfall's good. Yeah, Skyfall's good. And, and there's Spectre. And Spectre's yeah. the one. Yeah, Spectre's with like, Blofeld. Yeah. yeah, Quantum of Solace was the third Daniel Craig. Yeah, yeah that's Bond the movie. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. That, yeah. It's okay. weird because there are kind of two different. You know, versions of Daniel Craig's Bond between those two movies. You have like the cool, suave guy who's kind of heartbroken but still Bond. And then you have the much tattered and kind yeah. of not really a double O agent, but they keep putting him in the field anyways yeah. in the four or five movies. And then three is kind of his just whoops. Don't know what we were thinking with this one, guys. <laughs> oh, dear. Or at least to me. I mean, I don't know if yeah. that's necessarily true. 
Uh, yeah, I, yeah, they're so, good. I, I, I like them too. You know, it's um, they're they're fun and well made, and it's an iconic character. So it's always fun to see somebody else's take on it. And like Joey said, it is different. It's interesting how different Daniel Craig has become in the role. And yeah, obviously they've been very well made. These things are like some of the top notch produced uh, spy movies out there. So it, that's not my issue with them. It's just yeah. And Christoph Waltz is a great Blofeld. Oh, He's a great yeah. villain. Call. Yeah, they're in the same genre of kind of like Tom Cruise's Mission Impossibles. They're not yes. going to ever hit the 90 to 95% where you're like blown away, but they're 80 to 90 perfect. Consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and like I have to give a shout out. Freaking Jeffrey Wright is in everything. Is he, he is, in this too? He's yeah. in this too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright. He's good, though. Uh, we, we saw him in Boardwalk Empire way back in really? the day. Oh, geez. Uh, and I, I, I took notice of him then and thought, whoa, this guy's got some gravitas and presence. And, uh, man, everything he's been in, I've enjoyed. Well, like, he, obviously, we got Westworld, and now What If? Mm-hmm. He is going to be Commissioner Gordon in the Batman that's coming up. He was Batman in, like, an audio-type uh, story. He He's just got a phenomenal voice and just a phenomenal presence, like you were saying. Instantly recognizable. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to be like one of the like hugest actors. Like, I don't want to say quality wise. That sounds kind of weird, but just for the amount of work and the amount of good work he does, yeah. he's going to be one of the biggest ones of this era for How, sure. What do you got next? Um, never really. I didn't hear about this one. Looks kind of weird. Oh. It's got 90% though on the tomato meter so far, 39 reviews, and it's a horror drama called Lamb. Lamb? Like, yeah, like a baby Silence, lamb. I won't hear of it. Oh so yeah. <laughs> this was this is an original this is an Icelandic movie, so you're not gonna have any actors here that uh, you know of. But the the synopsis is a childless couple in rural Iceland make an alarming discovery one day in their sheep barn. They soon face the consequences of defying the will of nature in this dark atmospheric folktale and the striking debut feature from the director Vladimir Johansson. Wow, yeah. So uh, maybe that lamb isn't all that it seems. It's not so nice. Spooky. And so if you like uh, European Icelandic films, this may be for you. Or just horror, yeah. <laughs> That too. Uh, now, there's a lot of horror movies coming out from different countries. I wonder why. This week. Why is that? But from oh. different countries is what threw me off. I was like, why okay. are countries celebrating this kind of time of I year? Know. I don't get it. Halloween is global, people. Oh, so Dare we went they. from Iceland to, how about Swedish? Okay. Oh, okay. Abba's doing a movie? Yes. They just <laughs> came out with uh, new music and now a new movie. <laughs> That's the real horror right there. Yeah. Uh, I heard it was pretty good, actually. Oh, the music. Hey. Huh. Well, I, I think Dave Grohl actually said he cried. Really? Yeah. All right. Anyway, Dave Grohl cried over the, the new ABBA music. I believe I read that article. Yes. Sure. There's a not? lot of people that love ABBA. You know, it's, and and look, I have to say, I mean, when their songs come on, I don't hate the hits. So you're that saying you're a uh, dancing queen, there, buddy? Well, buddy. he's young and sweet. Except <laughs> not Fernando, so young and not baby. so sweet. <laughs> wow. How? Okay, it's true. Uh, this movie is called Knocking, and this one is certified fresh at 81. Uh, percent Like I said, Swedish film mystery thriller. And it's after suffering a traumatic incident, Molly moves into a new apartment to begin her path to recovery. But it's not long after her arrival that a series of persistent knocks and screams begin to wake her up at night. Oh, jeez. Molly's new life begins to unravel as, she, as the screams intensify and no one else in the building believes or is willing to help her. Damn. So, Europeans and their scary movies, they know how to do it. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, not a scary movie, but... A movie with big name actors who have zero reviews on both categories. Uh oh. I suspect this is not going to be a great movie. What do we got? 
It is called Survive the Game. All right, that that is not. Re- I mean, okay, that's a name you for got a thing. <laughs> two big actors, one that's a big actor, and one that you'll recognize the name. But is he really a big actor? Uh, Bruce Willis. Okay. And Chad Michael Murray. Chad Michael Murray. He was big back in the day. He was in Riverdale, apparently. I think oh. he was in Agent Carter. He was the jerk, the guy that was kind of a jerk to Agent Carter. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, they star in this explosive crime thriller when cop uh, David, which is uh, Bruce Willis, is injured in a drug bust gone wrong. His partner, Cal, pursues the two criminals who shot him to a remote farm owned by the troubled vet, Eric, which is... I guess, McMurray? Yep. Uh, all Cal and Eric plot their defense more, and the gang arrives along with the wounded David and our outnumbered... Uh, eh, okay, I mean, I, <laughs> after BJ's review of the last uh, Bruce Willis film, I don't know what Bruce Willis is doing, but like something like this... He's trying like to this, keep his insurance, I'm guessing. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust it. I'll just say that right now. No. He's injured, which is interesting, so he doesn't have to do much since yes. he's injured in the movie. I feel like this is a thing he's doing now. Do you yeah. think his fight scene will be more or less involved than the last one you saw, PJ? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just for a treat. Crimson, was it Crimson Sun? Crimson, whatever the heck it was called? I'm looking uh, that sci-fi, uh, yeah, Cosmic the, Sin? Cosmic Sin, thank you, Vic. <laughs> Watch the movie just to see Bruce Willis's bar fight scene where all he does is bang guys' heads off the, the the bar and then sits down. Maybe they thought that was a cool scene. He's supposed to look cool. I just thought it's like, well, the older man doesn't want to move too much. Dude, Cosmic Sin on toma- on the tomato meter has a 3%. Woo! Yeah. Audience, and I watched it. The audience I, didn't mind it, though. It was 61% for the audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they were high. <laughs> they could have been. It was Netflix. They just uh, sat yeah. at home and hit Netflix and chilled. And it's like, oh, yeah, that movie was great. It was, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it, 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 I'm sure you. It, some people thought it had moments, and it had moments, but I, I've seen so much better that I would wish I'd spent my time on. All right, one more movie, Vicky. Well, I did want to mention, if you yeah. think, uh, uh, was it Chad Michael Murray sounds familiar? I did recently talk about him on an episode because we were talking about the new movie he was coming out in, Ted Bundy, American Boogeyman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And now that it's been out... It's better than the Cosmic Sin because it got 13% on the tomato meter with a 29% wow. audience score. Oh, 20. So the audience hates this more than people hate Cosmic Sin? Right. So well, there you go. If you're going to watch a Ted Bundy movie, I think watch the Zac Efron one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of other ones where I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like you have a movie called Silent Hours and then Detention and The Secret of Sin Cheney. Yeah, there's oh. just a lot of movies oh, that may a- not even be in your theater. Yeah, so maybe stick with Bond or uh, check your local listings. Maybe those art house ones might have some of those mm-hmm. horror films from different countries. Uh, I'm very interested in seeing those ones, though. I mean, or you can go back and watch Venom. Yeah. Uh, and an update on Venom, it uh, it is now at 59% tomato meter, but an 85% audience score, which is all that matters. Yep. Yeah. And don't forget to watch the pitch meeting with Ryan George after you watch Venom, <laughs> Let There Be Carnage, because again, he hits, he knocks it out of the park. Until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Woo! Oh, yeah.